0: Hello, everything, retail listeners. I'm Gabriella Bach, the producer of this show. Julia is out this week, so instead, I would like to introduce you to today's guest host, Brandon Rail. Brandon is an industry thought leader and a digital transformation expert with Reach Partners. Reach Partners is a rapidly growing, women owned consulting firm serving global organizations across the public and private sectors. Reach helps organizations transform for results. They work closely with their clients to deliver measurable and sustainable results, no matter where they are in their journey of crisis management or digital transformation. In this episode, Brandon sat down with Andy Austin, president of The Industrious, a global design agency that specializes in creating unique in-store experiences. Together, they discussed The Industrious' recently published white paper titled, Gen Z and the Retail Middle Class, A Path Forward. And remember, if you're on Clubhouse, Brandon and Andy will join Julia and Ricardo Belmar for a special after-party discussion on today's Rundown episode. That discussion will take place in the Rethink Retail Club today, Monday, April 19th at 4pm Eastern. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by subscribing to our channel and giving us a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again to Brandon for guest hosting this episode and to our fantastic audio engineer, Trenton Waller. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Retail Rundown. I'm Brandon Rail, your host for the day, and today I'll be speaking with Andy Austin, founder and president of The Industrious, a global design agency that specializes in creating unique in-store experiences. I want to thank you, Andy, for joining today. Hi,
2: Brandon. Thank you for the opportunity to sit down with you and share some thoughts. I'm really excited to connect with your audience today.
1: Excellent. Let's uh, jump into it. So the Industrious recently published a white paper titled Gen Z and the Retail Middle Class, A Path Forward, which analyzes the current state of retail and offers advice for how businesses can incorporate advanced experience strategies in their brick-and-mortar stores. Can you kick us off with a brief overview of the white paper and some of their key learnings on Gen Z and the retail middle class? How do these two areas of retail connect? Sure. I've been in retail for over 20 years, and
2: we've seen a lot here at the Industrious. This is an amazing opportunity because we believe in the power of digital tools to connect people in live spaces. So when you look at traditional retail and retail middle class, which I'll define in a second, it used to be, if we could just get them into the door, we'll get the sale. We've got merchandise authority. We've got a great product lineup. We've designed beautiful stores and a customer journey. And we believe that with Gen Z coming in and what's happening with the retail middle class, we now have to redefine what makes a retail space successful. The center of the path forward for these retails is Gen Z. Gen Z is coming and they actively need a compelling reason to visit stores. They're just now coming of age. They're getting their spending money and they're entering the consumer economy. And we all know that Gen Z have had a smartphone in their hand since before they were 10 years old. So when we look at how we need to approach Gen Z here at the Industrious, it's the TikTok attention span, right? Gen Z doesn't need to be patient. Every piece of content they need is available to them in a ubiquitous manner at any moment. So how do we respond to that? And Gen Zers love to gather. They're a social group. They share opinions, maybe much more freely than some other generations would. They like contact in their physical and online life. And so if you're entrenched in the middle class of retail, you've got a really interesting opportunity here, but you also have unimaginably fierce competition for available shopping dollars. So let's talk for a second about retail middle class. We define that as retailers that started their operations before online commerce ever began. And so, of course, all of these retailers have taken time and important dollars to invest in experiential elements like buy online, pay in store, and other things that support online commerce. But since there are legacy brand elements that go before online commerce, they've been most affected by the pandemic. Other things that represent retail middle class are things like seller-assisted commerce. So the concept of a shopper leaving the sanctity of her browser and going into a store... To have a conversation with a brand advocate, which we might call a salesperson, to make her feel smart and get excited about the brand and make her feel that she's made a good choice to come in and interact with that brand. What's most important about retail middle class is that they have attractive real estate portfolios, stores that have taken generations to build. And those real estate portfolios offer the best advantage to capitalize on face-to-face interaction as shoppers are returning to stores. Another element of the retail middle class is they're most dependent on retail operations for cash flow. They're not necessarily online first. And so even though the economy is returning, they fell furthest behind, but that retail presence is still there and consumers with spending money are coming back. So brands that are like retail middle class would be your Abercrombie & Fitch and Hollister. Those were not shopping at Neiman Marcus or Saks. We're not shopping at dollar stores that's your retail middle class. When you think of jewelry, of course, you could think Tiffany or Van Cleef and Arpels, but your retail middle class that provides accessibility to product and ubiquitous availability throughout the country is Zales and K-Jewelers. So that's your retail middle class. So how does that come together? We need to create this reason for Gen Z to visit stores because their entire life is in the palm of their hand. So The overarching reason for Gen Z to visit stores will be to connect retail brands to their personal brand, which we call brand intimacy, in a sharing and collaborative environment. And so what's so wonderful about retail middle class is these glorious, ubiquitous real estate portfolios. They give us these live spaces for Gen Z to gather, interact with others, consume and amplify content. And we couldn't be more excited for these retail real estate portfolios, and what it could mean if we look at them properly and change a little bit about how we evaluate these retail real estate store locations.
1: That's some excellent insights there. And thank you for all the additional context. Some follow-up questions about that. We've seen the emergence of Gen Z, not only as a consumer base, but also as really impactful influencer on their parents and even the millennials. What have you seen uh, in, your, in your travels and working with clients where Gen Z is that really influenced the marketplace and other generations are following suit? And now we've seen retailers with the physical spaces now embracing that retail is truly the blending of the arts and sciences of so blending experiences plus technology. Can you talk a bit more about those points?
2: Well, sure. So with your first question, Brandon, we know that Gen Z is a very politically active group. They don't see the world with the same constraints as maybe you and I would. And uh, one of the things that's wonderful about their ability to consume and create content that impacts others that they influence is that those purpose-driven companies that don't turn their heads away from issues that are important to Gen Z are able to provide the content that Gen Z can then amplify. And that affects the parents like you and I going to those brands and being part of that brand interaction. Gen Z is also a big friend of the environment and humanity. So we know that brands who have practices that are consistent with those values are attractive. And we also know that because of the attention span, Gen Z folks who find that there's a brand that's not consistent with that will move on to another competitor. And we know that because of their ability to grab content and consume content, and that leads to maybe less of an attention span, this competition is going to become fierce. And so one of the ways that we believe having these messages and being able to create these messages for Gen Zs to effectively use them is to create snackable content, moments in store that allow Gen Zers to execute outside the store. We know that middle-class retailers can earn Gen Z's loyalty with active, participatory, and powerful experiences. So we've spent a long time building stores with lots of product, we've established merchandise authority, we've put stores in the right places. But shopping a bunch of rounders looking for garments is not an Instagrammable experience. Gen Z is looking for experience over product, and they're looking for something they can't find online because they're online all the time. They're digital natives that want experiences that are personal that they can really bring into their aura and have the ability to put their own fingerprint and stamp on. They need to be tech forward and they need to be entertaining. If we have retailers who can provide already digital, snackable pieces of content that can be easily brought into the Gen Z's handset, that gives them a canvas to be able to put their own font, their own messaging, and their own personal brand onto it marrying the retail brand with the Gen Zers brand with immediate amplification across their entire network. These kinds of things are perfect to happen in these retail stores. We also know that we need to pull some of the product off of the retail floor because of the pandemic, make it feel a little more safe to shop in, make it feel a little more airy, replacing what used to be just a bunch of rounders of product and a bunch of gondolas and merchandising With digital interactives, that interface with the handset will provide the content and the energy that takes what's happening in-store outside the store and continues conversations with not only Gen Z shoppers, but all shoppers beyond the four walls of the location.
1: And that's truly a, a transformation of the mindset for consumers as well as the retailers. So let's shift a little bit here. We've seen the magic that TikTok can actually do especially with that Ocean Spray campaign where that skateboarder had the Fleetwood Mac song and drinking Ocean Spray, it led to really significant organic opportunity for Ocean Spray and Fleetwood Mac. Let's talk a bit about authenticity and the values that brands need to really convey via TikTok and how that translates to better engagement, but also strong relationship between the Gen Z consumer and the brands going forward.
2: There's a few ways to do this. We believe some of the terms that are going to define how to create this content and how to make sure that the Gen Zers have what they need, are fun, social, communal, unexpected. We really need to find ways to give these consumers something novel and different. Otherwise, there's nothing noteworthy to share. And your your example, Brandon, is a fantastic one. So in the white paper, we break it down into three things. The experiences that are happening in store need to be novel, sensual, and shareable. So novel because new experiences spark neurons in the brain that trigger memory. We all remember our first kiss, we remember first things. So novel experiences. And remember, Gen Zers don't know what to expect when they come in store. So if we can create these novel experiences, they'll be shared for sure. One of the things that we love about live spaces and that can't happen online is engaging all senses. So they need to be sensual. That will intensify The experience. So the ability to provide lighting and different things that are attractive that make the experience something that can't happen online is something that we can only do in-store. And then, of course, we all have to focus on it being shareable. They have to be bite-sized pieces of content. That's the language of Gen Z. So some ways to execute that in-store using apps and uh, digital interactives You guys had a great conversation last week with Mark Smith from Kitewheel, and there was a great conversation about apps and that now we are figuring out how to make apps really much more engaging so that we are overcoming app fatigue, which was happening when uh, retail apps first started. So we love that. If you have apps that interface with interactives in the store, you activate the handset, make that part of not only the buying experience but the discovery experience in store. And Gen Z expects that from us as retailers. That's required. The handset needs to be part of the execution. Apps are one way to do that. But digital interactives that can then pull content into the handset are another way to do that. Throughout the location, we invite shoppers to participate in fun, Instagrammable moments that are easy to share. This will help peer influencers drive traffic to your stores. Dara and Trinity covered this a few weeks ago in one of your podcasts. It's got to be authentic. Authenticity is key. The way to create authenticity is to use the retail location as a canvas and allow the Gen Z participant to put his or her own influence, spin, concern, opinion onto that content That is what's going to make it most reachable to other people inside and outside of their peer group. Another thing that we love about live retail spaces, of course, is the sales teams. We've all focused for years and years on training sales teams to have product knowledge, and be able to guide a shopper through a customer journey. But one of the things that's awesome about these digital tools is if we provide digital tools to sales teams that handle most of the discovery process, things like product knowledge, product attributes, pricing, and inventory, if you provide that to the sales team in a digital way, now sales teams can smile and make eye contact. That allows us to build trust relationships, navigate the brand inside the location, and have conversations with Gen Z shoppers that are naturally amplifiable. And they turn into pieces of content, and they expand beyond the store. The sales teams are an unbelievable tool in being able to connect with Gen Z. They want to talk to people who look like them. They have a special language that they want to communicate in. And all of that becomes part of content that influences the brand in and out of the store. All of this leads to a new concept that we're really excited about. We've spoken for years about omnichannel. Every brand wants to be omnichannel, but omnichannel needs to have yet another redefinition. And by that, I mean omnichannel now needs to become omnidirectional. When you've got all this content, when you've got people speaking about your brand in all these different ways, based on exciting, novel, sensual, social experiences that they're having in your stores, omnidirectional means you have to be willing to accept that the purchase process may start in-store or only have a portion of it in-store, but end digitally. And we love that term omnidirectional because if you embrace this content and embrace the conversations that are being had about your brand based on the interactions in the store, Omnidirectional is
1: absolutely going to lead to success. Omnidirectional I mean, is a new one, so I've been around the industry for a while as well. It's absolutely spot on. So we know the physical store has been transitioning into a more experiential model, you know, where the customer is at center of all the strategies. However, Gen Z is quickly emerging as a channelless customer who is engaging with brands via social apps, retailers' apps, TikTok, etc., and going to the store, interacting with store associates. Where do you see the importance and significance of? Live streaming and gamification with this really emerging and powerful consumer sector.
2: That's exactly right. Live streaming and gamification is part of the way that they value their time. It's how they choose what content to ingest, and it's how they decide if content has value to them or not. So it's funny, Brandon, because I'm enjoying this conversation with you very much, but not a lot of Gen Zers are going to want to see two old guys sitting around talking like this. There has to be something. (laughs) That they want to put their own stamp on it, that they want to take that piece of content and say, what this means to me is, or I enjoy doing this because gamification is that that's what gamification is. I participated in this thing, I received a reward for the time I invested in it. Now, that reward is might just be a badge or a feeling that goes along with it, but it's something that I can share. So, all of that is part of their language. The key is that there is so much noise on the internet, and as we spoke earlier, the attention spans are so short, that there has to be a way to create outstanding options for these kinds of content pieces. So there's a ton of live streaming going on out there, but why aren't we creating retail stores or taking advantage of what we used to call a retail store and turn it into a brand experience center for our brand that we know is going to lead to the two measurements that we used to be concerned with. We built these retail stores to increase intended purchase size and improve willingness to recommend. Willingness to recommend is an old person's way of saying all the things we've been talking about in this conversation. Live streaming, gamification, content creation, content sharing, snackable content, TikTok, All of those things are just different ways of saying willingness to recommend. And for generations, we've been talking about these stores have to generate willingness to recommend. We need to get more people in the store, and then we'll go through a customer journey. So the retail store, when executed properly, when digitally enabled, when staffed with people who smile, make eye contact, and care about those who come in and are armed to answer questions and have Genuine conversations about price, product, and promotion. All of those things are going to become those pieces of content. And we know that the DTC brands are clamoring for live spaces. And it's not just because they want to throw a ton of product out there, it's because we all understand that these spaces give us a chance to differentiate and give the new consumer a canvas on which to take content that's important to us as the retail brand put their stamp on it, and influence others.
1: Yeah, all outstanding points. One final topic and question. Recently, someone shared with me the Mad Men scene where uh, Don Draper was presenting the what he called the carousel, which was the wheel, I guess, our grandparents' generation, where they shared slideshows. But he went into this whole profound emotional and nostalgic campaign around how the wheel isn't a wheel. It's actually the carousel. It brings back memories. It brings back nostalgia. And, and it really connects to you on an emotional level taking back to more modern times the digital first world what can legacy retailers do to convey that message to leverage storytelling to leverage digital first strategies to really connect from brand equity standpoint and messaging standpoint via social apps or their own strategies to connect with this new consumer sector is really, has a limited attention span, but wants to connect with brands that know them, that are authentic and provide a great experience. What can these legacy companies do to keep up with the the consumer brands who have that clear advantage of being digital first, always?
2: Thank you for this question. Uh, One thing I love about your question, Brandon. So you and I are talking to people all day long and we're making decks. I talk to my staff all the time that we talk about PowerPoint slides and then my children are in school learning about Google Slides and they're going to make decks and slides These people have never seen a Kodachrome slide. My children will never have seen a slide. They have no idea why we call them slides. I think that's really funny. I I think about that a lot. And your question triggered that. But um, (laughs) the answer to your question is, it's again, in these stores, we have an unbelievable opportunity. And what's wonderful about the consumers we're talking about is they put their entire life online. So the ability to enable salespeople who, again, they're also digitally interactive. These salespeople don't need training on how to use Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. But if we put tools in the salespeople's hands to be able to connect with these consumers when they walk in via the platforms they choose to use to talk about themselves, you can immediately drive that conversation. So if there was a tool where a shopper could come in and we were able to get their handle and talk about the things that brought them into the store, that same tool can immediately provide back to them content that our marketing departments and that our merchandisers have created that we know will become part of the lexicon of that consumer and become part of what they talk about when they go outside the store. It's about streamlining and removing friction in that conversation. There's really no excuse not to know these consumers when they walk into our stores once they tell us who they are. And there's no excuse not to give them content back that makes it simple for them to amplify through the tools that they are using every moment of every day.
1: So there is a friction reward principle that some friction, some would say is actually a good thing, that the art discovery matters. You want to remove every single obstacle and every friction point, and that's where the art of experiences come come to play. What's your thoughts on that?
2: No, I totally agree. Now, when I say remove friction, I'm talking about removing the friction of transferring bits, transferring a portion of these two and a half quintillion bits of data that are created every day. The concept of discovery and creating moments of things that I didn't expect when I came into that store. That is part of friction, but those are the things that friction fires those neurons in your head and creates those moments that you want to take outside of the store with you. And that's where it comes down to being novel, to being sensual, to being shareable, all of those things. But we do have to take a look at the digital tools that are available to us today and the digital tools that we need to create so that we can get this digital content back and forth rather seamlessly and allow the Gen Z folks to take that content, put their stamp on it, and amplify it for us.
1: Excellent. Well, this has been a a great conversation, Andy. Where can listeners go and read the full white paper?
2: Just come to our website, please. It's www.wearetheindustrious.com. We'd love to have these conversations with anyone. There's a lot of great ideas out there about what these digital tools can do. We are very grateful to have spoken with you today, Brandon, and would love to hear from anyone.
1: Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. I want to thank you for joining, for the listeners, for tuning in, and thank you for the opportunity to guest host.
0: You've been listening to the Rethink Retail Podcast. If you would like to be considered as a guest on our show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at media at rethink.industries. You can help support our team at Rethink Retail by dropping us a rating and review on your iTunes podcast app. To each and every one of you, thanks so much for tuning in. Retail never sleeps. See you next week.